the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hey, hey, hey. I can't tell you how excited I am. For this entire show, but also this first hour of Come Together San Diego, I want you to feel welcome, but I also want you to feel like uh, you're a part of this show, not only in what we have to say, but I want you to be able to uh, be willing to pray about what God is stirring in your life and in your heart as well. You know, I wanted you to meet my long-distance co-host for this hour, Summer Ingram. Now, Summer Ingram is in Washington, D.C. In fact, she's our Washington, D.C. correspondent, because not only does she know stuff, but she knows people, and more importantly, she knows the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Uh, she has a love for the country and the Constitution that guides it, and uh, she will be joining me, in fact, even right now. Summer Ingram. How you doing, Summer? Hi, Kaz. Great to be on. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Summer is also tied to the Congressional Prayer uh, caucus Foundation in Washington, D.C., but if you were to see any of her posts or communications she does, you'll realize there's so much depth even beyond the deep stuff she's doing with the uh, Prayer Caucus uh, Foundation. She, she's uh, got not only a heart after God, but she's got the wisdom to communicate it. And now I'm finished bragging on you. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we have a lot of things to talk about, don't we, Summer? We do, we do. What's stirring your heart the most right now as far, you know, wouldn't you agree that we're at a pivotal time? Yes, we are living in, we are, this is an extremely critical time. And Kaz, first I just want to say, I want to reiterate that I'm I'm here in my personal capacity this evening, even though I, you know, am an employee of the CPCF, I just wanted to reiterate that I am in here in my personal capacity this evening. And the CPCF is a bipartisan, non-political, professional organization and uh, we're working to, uh, you know, essentially protect the integrity of our founding principles and protect religious, uh, religious freedom. But I did want to start with that. And yes, yes I mean, we are certainly seeing all, uh, all kinds of incredible things happening, a lot of positive activity, and also just a realization that we are living in days where we don't have the luxury of being, of being silent or apathetic. These are the days where we have to be informed, we have to be engaged, and, and again, this is a uh, these are extremely exciting days. They are exciting, especially if you know the end of the book. Isn't that right? That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's certainly been a lot of activity in this city. Um, most recently, obviously, are the Kavanaugh hearings and, of course, the homecoming of Pastor Brunson, which was an incredible, exciting event to see. Um, but I'd say the midterm elections are probably the main focus right now. And, you know, obviously, in the past, they've said that midterm elections are often 
a lot of times when a lot of the seats flip. So there's a, um, you know, the, whatever the president, whatever president is in office, typically we'll see in the midterm elections, a lot of the seats flip to go the, to go the other direction. And oftentimes that's simply because Americans are not informed, they're not paying attention, they're not voting. Most people are very active in the in the presidential election, but not as much in the midterms election. So we know that that's not going to be the case um, here in the next, I think there's 17 days, 17 days until the midterm election. Yes. Um, but again, this is the time that we have to be um, very aware of, of what it is that that we're voting for. Yes. And you know, one of the things that people have been able to glean the fact that during a midterm that the the administration's uh, numbers go down, particularly in the House and also in the Senate, um, in, the, in the midterm right. voting, is because they don't have the person with the mentality of Donald Trump. I mean, I don't think I can't think of another president. Can you that has gone out on the trail to uh, embolden and empower voters from so many different so many different states and so many different issues? So, uh, if anybody has stirred up the voting ranks. Of course, I would say Donald Trump. Do you have any insights on that? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, he's he is. Um, you know, we, we saw the incredible election in 2016, and he has continued to stay the course and 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 fulfill his commitments. I mean, against every kind of opposition, this president is standing for life, liberty, traditional values, moral absolutes, religious freedom, sovereignty of America, of America. And he's doing all that he can to not only continue to fulfill the promises, but also to remind the American people of how important it is that they understand what he's doing. And again, vote people in that are that are in uh, support of his agenda so that yes. he can continue to do what it is the American people want. So, Summer, you're beyond being a person with the hand on the pulse uh, of uh, Washington, D.C., I've observed this in you. You also uh, live life. And so let me ask you a question as a, a, a resident in the area that works in Washington, D.C. You know, we hear on the news, and especially from the media standpoint, there's a lot of uh, animosity, shall we say. There's There are Trump lovers and Trump haters in the media, does this go deeper from, you know, you, when you go into coffee houses or when you, whatever you do in your other life, you know, not the Wonder Woman life, but the regular Summer Ingram life, <laughs> uh, do you, what, what do you see? What kind of temperature, emotional temperature do you see in Washington, D.C. overall in regards to not only politics, but uh, Donald Trump? Well, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people from his administration that live in the city, but um, D.C. itself typically has more of a um, Democratic bent. So I have friends from both sides of the aisle. Thankfully, you know, we all realize that we we care more about each other than our differences. We find more in common, again, to, than, and focus on those things rather than our differences. But we can have good, healthy conversations about why we believe what we believe and yet still be remain friends at the end of the day. But I will say that there, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, people in the city that are not necessarily President Trump supporters, but I think more and more people are starting to respect him because he's one that is genuinely standing for uh, what Amer- American values, and he's someone who is is faithful to his promises. He's doing what he said he would do, and he's not uh, trying to fool anybody. I mean, he's very much outright speaking what it is, doing what it is that he said he was going to do. But uh, so, again, we have a lot of people from the administration in the city, a lot of positive uh, Trump supporters there. But again, there's also those who um, who are not on board, but 
at the end of the day, we all can continue to have healthy conversations and realize, again, this is uh, this is a, a nation where we can have differences of opinion and still honor and respect one another. So let me ask you, for example, um, when you have uh, different uh, Republican uh, senators or congressmen or cabinet members that are out to eat in Washington, D.C. area, Ted Cruz, for example, or others, and they are mobbed by people who have uh, ulterior motives to make things tough and, and look bad. Are these homegrown people, do you think, that are in there? Are these, are these uh, trans, transplants are being shipped in for this very purpose? What, what's your sense on that? Well, it's hard to say. I do know that there are, um, you know, some, some concerted efforts to stir up strife. And it's unfortunate when even our national leaders encourage that behavior because it, it's dangerous. I mean, we've seen some of the effects, negative effects, of, uh, of of hate and, and including the congressional shooting that occurred. And it, again, we just need to continue to remain civil and encourage civility. But, you know, as it relates to some of the out, outbreaks that we've seen, whether it was uh, recently Ted Cruz or, um, or um, some others in the past, but essentially it's hard to say. I think there are, again, those who are paid to actually stir up strife. And then there's also those who, who have, listen to some of our national leaders that have encouraged people to actually engage in that kind of behavior whenever they see a Trump supporter. It really is unfortunate, but I think uh, hopefully more and more people are realizing that this is not the way for Americans to behave. Exactly. You know, and I think uh, I trust uh, that there is a solid middle ground of people that can disagree in conversation one with another, but say, you know, this isn't the proper way to behave, whether it's calling, you you know, uh, Kavanaugh names and and giving him those kind of things or calling different people in the cabinet or so forth names or Donald Trump names and make a spectacle of themselves really. And, you know, even those who align, I would say, uh, the blue collar Democrats of, you know, the Kennedy Democrats, if you will, uh, these people must feel like their whole uh, political identity has been stolen from them. I mean, what, what do they do? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, the beauty of America from inception is that we the public square is a place where you can have a difference of opinion and and work through the differences in order to find the common ground. And if we lose that in this country, we're in trouble. So hopefully more and more people are going to re- are realizing that we have to keep the public square a place where we can have civil conversation, even though we're different. We can we and may have differences. We can still work through some of those differences to find the best possible direction for America. Uh, and that's, the, that's what we have to remember is we're looking to do what's best for the majority. That's and right. I, I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing a little bit more of that, that we cannot lose uh-huh. who we are. The, and, and basically those, those concepts or else we're, we're, um, we're heading in da- down a dangerous path. Yeah. Summer Ingram, our Washington, D.C. correspondent. Thank you for joining me. You're here with me for the whole hour. We have some other friends going to be connecting with us through the hour as well. Some of it is going to be talking about the actual voting issues, uh, not only the candidates, uh, but also the different measures and things like that to give people real and insight, because we are at a pivotal time for everybody to make their heart cry known, and you do it at the ballot box. So, Summer, stay with me, won't you, for the for the full hour, and my listening friend, Summer Ingram, Washington, D.C. correspondent, and Kaz will be right back.
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And we are back. My co-host and uh, Washington, D.C. correspondent, Summer Ingram. How you doing, Summer? Hey, Kat. How you doing, Summer Ingram? I'm doing great, Kat. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Thank you. (laughs) Now, you know, the midterm elections are vital. We talked about that in the first segment. Uh, A a lot of people feel that, uh, you you know, the House Representative is really going to be in serious play uh, and it's going to take one of God's miracles to pull this off um, to to do that. I, I believe that uh, miracles can happen, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we saw it in 2016. We've seen it throughout American history, actually. And that's right. That's that's America for you. And Summer, you have uh, a guest on this show, absolutely. on this segment, yes, that I want you to introduce. Uh, some interesting books, actually, that uh, William Federer has written, and I, I know David Barton has some as well, but he actually... Has has noted and and provides the facts and history around some of the the God ordained miracles that have helped see this nation not only be birthed but yes I think we just lost summer so Nicholas Prophet is our guest here summer we just lost summer she's going to be coming back we'll get her on the line in a moment but Nicholas are you there I am how are you I'm fine thank you and I'm, my intent is to have summer in incorporate some of her questions in this segment as well. But a lot of things are swirling around in the political world, aren't they? And these are things that you've uh, had a heart to to uh, get a, a, a pulse on. And what insights do you have from a Judeo-Christian perspective? And uh, Summer, I hear, has joined back with us. So, Nicholas, go ahead and uh, attend to that question, and I'll invite Summer to jump on in and ask questions as we go as well. Nicholas Prophet. Sure. Um, well, thank you for having me on, and uh, I think... Um, There's no question that this year um, there's a ton of important uh, elections on the ballot. Uh, If you look at uh, all 50 states, um, almost every state has state legislatures on the ballot. Um, Every state does have their U.S. House of Representatives on the ballot. There are only three states out of the 50 that don't have any statewide office. So 47 of the 50 have some statewide office, be it governor or senator, on the ballot. Um, so a lot at stake uh, in in a little bit over two weeks when we go to vote Yes, on November 6th. Yes. I, I, Summer has re-attached uh, herself to the to this call line. We lost her for a moment. Summer, I'm going to have you ask a few pointed uh, questions to, to Nick, and uh, let's see where this goes. Okay, Summer? Absolutely. I apologize for that, Kaz, but I'm glad we reconnected here. Yes, um, Nicholas has really been um, an incredible asset to, to CPCF, and he's one that is tracking the national races. He's he's has his finger on the pulse of the elections. And, and Nick, maybe you could just highlight some key states that we need to be watching so that people can be praying into those states, and then also highlight uh, the various elections in California right now. Sure, sure. Um, so we'll start with... Um the Senate races. Um, the Senate is is going to be in play, uh, not as much in play as the House is. The, the Republicans are favored to keep the Senate. Um, there are 35 states that have Senate races this year. 
Um, and California, obviously, um, because of the jungle primary system, doesn't have a Republican running in that contest. Um, but if you look at the other four, uh, if the Republicans lose all 34, the worst that they can do is end up with 42 seats out of 100. So it's impossible for the Democrats to get a filibuster-proof majority in the House um, <clears throat> just because of what states have their Senate races this year. The Democrats are defending uh, 10 states that they have incumbents in and Trump won that state. Uh, the Republicans are only defending one seat um, that they won or that they hold that Hillary Clinton won two years ago, and that's Nevada uh, with incumbent Dean Heller, who's in a very close race, um, was originally seen to be quite vulnerable, uh, but he's he's overperforming and uh, what, what people thought and doing quite well. <clears throat> the other states that are going to be very interesting to watch for the Senate, the closest Senate race in the country right now, I think, is Missouri. Uh, Josh Hawley is the Republican. He's the current Attorney General uh, of Missouri, and he was one of the main parties to the Hobby Lobby case um, that went before the Supreme Court, a uh, strong defender of Judeo-Christian values. Claire McCaskill, one of the more liberal voting records uh, of the, the red state Democrats. Um, in North Dakota, uh, CPC member Kevin Kramer is in a, a close race with Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Uh, he's looking increasingly better, especially since the Kavanaugh vote. Uh, Heitkamp voted no on Kavanaugh, and Kramer has been rising in the polls ever since. Uh, that same situation in Tennessee, where CPC member Marsha Blackburn has been rising in the polls ever since uh, the Kavanaugh thing, even though that's an open seat. Um, <clears throat> But there's numerous, there's about nine Senate races that are going to decide who has the majority in the Senate. I highlighted some of the, the key ones. Uh, for the House races, um, the chairman of the NRCC was asked, name three or four races that will decide how this goes. Uh, and he named Minnesota 1, 2, 3, and 8 congressional districts in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 8th districts in Minnesota. Uh, so Minnesota is certainly a state to, to be prayerful on as far as the House goes. The Republicans' best chances for actual gains, taking seats from Democrats, they're almost all in Minnesota. There are a couple uh, in Nevada or Pennsylvania, but, but the really Minnesota is going to be where that battle is fought. Um, <clears throat> Pennsylvania... Virginia, um, Florida, those are states where we're going to see a lot of the competitive House races are centered in. Wow. You know, when, when, you, when you get the Senate, it's easy to keep a moniker on what's going on with them because there's so many fewer. But when you're talking about the House of Representatives, you know, so many House of Representatives uh, elect, elections are happening in the midterm. There's just so many. It's hard to give a pinpoint accuracy on each one of these things, and each one of them uh, are ebb and flow. Sometimes it looks like the Republican individual is uh, ascending, and sometimes it looks like the Democratic uh, individual is ascending. So it's, it's a tough call, and we just, all believers in the Judeo-Christian value in the United States of America need to stay in prayer, and let's just uh, entrust God to do his thing. You know, wh whoever is the 
godly choice in each one of these races, may it be so. Summer, I know you had mentioned California, and I know, uh, Nicholas, uh, you know, California, there, there are a lot of different things in play, some measures as well, but you spend a lot of time in the congressional and uh, senatorial and also gubernatorial to some degree. What's your assessment in California? So, uh, like I said, with the Senate race, because of the jungle primary system, there's there's two Democrats on the ballot for Senate. Um, so that one's uh, it is it is a race between Kevin DeLeon and Diane Feinstein. Um, Diane's obviously been in the Senate for a very long time, uh, and she has led in every poll that's been done, but by a lesser and lesser amount. Um, Kevin DeLeon actually gained the uh, California Democratic Party's endorsement over the longtime incumbent. Mm. Uh, he is sort of a Democrat in the mold of Bernie Sanders, a very progressive um, socialist-type Democrat. Okay, so uh, uh, let, me, let, me, let me interject here. I want to get your input on the gubernatorial race, if you have any insights yeah. on that. But we only have about two minutes left, and Summer and I are okay. here for the full hour, but you— your segment is about two, two and a half sure. minutes left, so I, I want you to give us the solid gold insights regarding the uh, gubernatorial race. And then, uh, yes. there you go, Nicholas Prophet. So, now, polls cannot be trusted entirely, uh, and what I look at is not so much the margin of how much they're winning uh, in a poll, but, but what is the direction the polls are moving. So if you look at the first poll of the California Senate race, uh, it had Gavin Newsom ahead by you mean, almost. You mean the points. gubernatorial race? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Um, Gavin Newsom was ahead by almost 30 points in the polls that were done at the end of June and beginning of July. Uh, the latest poll had him up by only eight points. Uh, so still ahead, but but vastly cut down. Uh, so it is moving in a direction towards the Republican John Cox. Um, California, obviously, uh, a democratic state typically, but it has been consistently moving that way. And in fact, the poll that was um, just came out with Newsom ahead by eight, only earlier this month, they had Newsom ahead by 12. Uh, so even that particular poll has it moving in in the direction towards John Cox. Yes. So that's a, a good target for we Californians that are uh, on the uh, conservative side to target in prayer. Summer, we've got about a minute yeah. left in this segment. Any last thoughts for Nicholas, or you want to give a little bit further information about Nicholas so so he can give a website or some other information? Well, one thing uh, in this last minute that I, I'd like to say is that uh, Southern California— uh, has numerous competitive congressional districts as well, uh, most of which are in the Orange County area um, with California 39 and 48, uh, but there are some 49 and 50 uh, that go into the San Diego County area. So uh, those are all very competitive districts that could decide the majority in the House, so be prayerful over those as well. Very good. And Summer Ingram, any quick thoughts here? We've got about 30 seconds left. Summer Ingram. I just want to say this is our this is the opportunity for Cali Californians to make their voices heard. They they showed up on a on a bill AB two nine four three, and there was an absolute turn of events in that bill. Most I'm sure pretty much everybody on this 
uh, and the listening audience is aware of that. So again, it's just a, another reminder that as, as we show up, as people show up, not only to use their voice to the polls, but also their voice in other ways, things change. And so we're, this is the, this is the opportunity now to see California um, go in a, in a better direction. Thank you. And would you give a quick overview, Nicholas, of uh, uh, some of the, your background? You've only got a 15 seconds or so, but I want people to know a little bit more about you and how they can find out more by websites or whatever. Sure. Um, well, I work with the Cong- summer at the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Um, my history is in a lot of political campaigns, uh, working in the Virginia General Assembly uh, earlier this year and um, serving as the chairman of the Republican Party in Chesapeake, Virginia. Very good. Is there a website for you, or people just can Google you, or what? Sure, people can Google me. I've done a few interviews with different places, but um, happy to have anybody contact me with any questions or things. You can usually find that via Google or via the Republican Party of Chesapeake's website. Very good. Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, Profit, P-R-O-F-F-I-T. Is that correct, Nicholas? Yes, P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T. Very good. Yes. And Summer Ingram, thanks, and stay with me for the next segment. And Nicholas, thanks for joining us. My listening friend, I guess you can see that we're at a vital point in uh, politics, and it may be an issue of uh, Judeo-Christian mentality or a socialism perspective. I mean, it could get right down to that. We're going to talk a little bit about the socialism and, and the dangers that many may not even realize uh, that we're going to uh, that we're faced with, and a, a vote in the right direction could save this nation from the socialistic mindset. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment as Summer Ingram and Kaz come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we're back with uh, Summer Ingram, who's my... Uh, the Come Together San Diego Washington correspondent. And uh, Summer, I'm glad that you're with me for this entire hour. You know, we in the last segment, uh, Nicholas Prophet uh, mentioned something about uh, the socialize, socialism uh, mindset. And I think our, you've designed your uh, hour to include a little taste of what the dangers of socialism might look like. So you have a guest on the line right now. Why don't you spend just a moment introducing your uh, guest, and we will talk a little bit about the dangers and the false premise of socialism. Summer Ingram, why don't you do us the honors? Absolutely, we'd love to. So, my the guest tonight is Dr. Claudia Kotka, and from the age of five, Dr. Kotka realized that she wanted to become a dentist. She's worked very hard to do so. She's achieved a worldwide reputation as a highly skilled aesthetic restorative dentist with multiple degrees in science and public health 
and a doctor of dental surgery. She focuses on multidisciplinary dental treatments. Um, she's a fellow of the American Academy of Oral Medicine and International College of Dentists and a member of the International Col- uh, College of Prosthodontists. And I just wanted to welcome you, Claudia. Thank you for being on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure and privilege to be here. I'm honored. That's, uh, it's our pleasure, Claudia. So I think uh, one of the things that we would like to know is you, you spent much of your life in a socialistic country, and sometimes when you watch the news, you hear a lot of people that are more on the liberal side than the conservative side talking up the value of a socialistic environment. Uh, can you give us some insights? And I'm going to invite Summer to just jump on in and ask questions as well. But give us some insights from your experience in uh, the, the world of socialism. Um, well, um, I'd have to say that, you know, I've um, been privileged, of course, to uh, to have been um, welcomed, um, you know, as an asylee by the United States of America and have been um, uh, invited to come to the States um, uh, due to and during the widespread persecution um, of Romanians, uh, especially Christians, um, in Romania during the dictatorship of uh, former dictator Nicolae Ceausescu. Yes. And um, um, it was a, um, a very, um, I would say, a turbulent times for uh, many, um, many people, um, both uh, for the Orthodox Church as well as for other um, segments of uh, Christian faith. Uh, at the time, former uh, dictator had declared Romania atheist and required that the um, Orthodox Church of Romania declared there is no God in the church community. Wow. And uh, and it's under, a, would you call it a dictatorship, but the, the actual flavor of government tends towards more of the socialism side? Would that be an accurate statement in Romania? Of course, yes, it is. And, you know, there's crossover, you know, of uh, those type of uh, um, nuances of expectations and experiences. Um, I would say that um, there are multiple different uh, uh, ways where the citizens um, have to succumb to the premise of the parameters, the restrictions uh, at every level in, um, you know, in their choice of faith, um, politically, economically, financially, um, and also just the human right to contribute uh, to the uh, in society. Yes, and I know Summer Ingram has some questions too. She she and I wanted to drill in a little bit more deeply because in the United States, there are a lot of people now in the political um, environment that are saying socialism really is the solution and uh, you know, capitalism needs to go away and socialism needs to take its place. And I know Summer has a few pointed questions she'd like to chat with you about. Summer? Sure. Well, that's exactly Exactly right. We're, you know, we're seeing a disturbing trend today. Emerging leaders are describing socialism as if it's a some utopia, when in actual, actuality, socialism substitutes a government standard of happiness for individual de- desire and ambition. It places government as God in that it determines human rights and is the author of right and wrong. So socialism assumes the government has better judgment than the individual, and instead of bringing equality, it actually atrophies the human, atrophies the human spirit. And um, so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing this this political philosophy starting to be promoted in our nation. And Claudia had the opportunity. I mean, she lived under a communist regime under 
socialism in, uh, of sorts and witnessed firsthand how challenging it was. And Claudia, I hope you'll just give some give people on the line some insight of what it was like to actually live uh, under that regime and then what it took for you all to leave, because it wasn't easy for your family to flee the country. There was a time of separation. And, uh, and also, if you would just share how those who have been able to flee to our country, how they're concerned about some of the trends that they're seeing today and, and are, are wanting to warn Americans that, that we cannot go the direction of socialism or communism. Sure, I'd be happy to. Let me start with this very, very simple remark. Uh, you know, um, as a student at University of Michigan, I believe it was uh, within my first months of being there as an undergrad. And um, um, I um, was stopped at the corner, um, you know, to for a petition. And I asked, you know, what it was. And um, the young lady was, you know, smiling very nicely, um, you know, uh, conversing with me and, and um, essentially asked me to sign a petition for the Socialist Party at the university. And it just was so shocking to me because, you know, I knew how much my family and millions of people have endured, you know, coming and fleeing socialist um, 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 parameters and socialist mindsets and and and, and uh, nuances of government, not just from Romania but others as well. And I was just startled, and I said, and I just asked her very, very nicely. I said, you know, do you even realize what socialism really is? And she said, yes. And you know, um, I, I had to just tell her in the, you know, very quickly, I said, you know, I'm not quite sure you're really understanding. I said, do you really realize that if you were in a socialist or communist country, you could not be sitting right now in free, open, uh, you know, uh, environment to be um, so, uh, um, um, soliciting um, um, signatures, you know, for your party you, you, without having any risks, without having been targeted, without loss. And she was sort of startled, you know, by the comment. And what I, I realized very quickly is that in a free market, unless you do realize, unless you have lived in the um, um, restrictive limitations of a certain medium, it's very difficult to, to really understand what they're like. So, yes, those individuals that have lived in those environments, of course, we can pick up the early signs. And I'd have to say we're a little bit, you know, beyond those early signs, um, you know, um, by virtue of um, even, you know, 20-some, you know, years ago when I was in the University of Michigan in 1997, um, this um, this concept uh, was uh, was trying to be promoted. I, I think that there is an idealism that oftentimes on paper can run quite, um, you know, be misguided. It's it's the nuance of experience and application in real time that really, you know, delineates what is right and what is uh, tangential to that, and it's not one and the same. Claudia, let me give you a comment, and you can speak to it, and Summer can jump on in. But would you say that uh, a socialistic or socialism environment really promises equity among all people in that country, whether you're rich or poor, everybody has a level of equality, but when you come down to it, uh, people's rights are circumvented uh, to government uh, interpretation, and all of a sudden it's not a free society anymore. Would you say that that is an accurate uh, at, least, at least partial definition, and Summer, you can jump on in whenever you want. We've got about two more minutes in this segment. So, Claudia? Yes, of course it is. And, you know, in the words of the former president 
um, uh, George Bush, I think it was, or Ronald Reagan, I don't remember which, you know, he remarked that, you know, visiting a socialist, you know, the country at the time, remarked how he's so uh, astounded that it's such a prosperous nation, perceived, of course, by a visit, and although no one really works. It, it is an absolute idealistic perspective that, you know, can, does not exist. You know, um, the only reason why it has been perpetuated is, is because the information is being censored. It is not allowed to leave those parameters. And when it does leave, then there's change that is coming. Um, and, um, um, you know, th th this is one of the reasons why they, there was a you know, mass exile out of Romania at the time. And uh, some of us have incurred, you know, have been blessed to come to the United States. Very good. Summer, I know that one of the, the high points about you identifying Claudia uh, Kotka and, and her involvement in the United States was also her Christian faith. And we've got a very brief period of time here, but did you want to ask her a very brief question about uh, her faith and how that has helped her, Summer? Well, I mean, I'll let Claudia answer that because I, Aunt Claudia, do you have an answer for, uh, for the question there? Yes, well, you know, I, um, as I said, you know, was, uh, you know, at first I really wasn't aware that there was a God, you know, uh, being exposed to the communist form of, of thinking in society. Uh, it was during the visits of um, um, the evangelist Billy Graham that had come to, you know, our church, uh, uh, the, the existing church where I was invited along with my mother to attend. This is the stories of, you know, millions of people where, um, you know, we have seen the American volunteerism, the kindness to reach out out of their own comfort zone to come to areas around the globe where there were restrictions, where there were parameters, where there, was, where there were um, um, need. And, um, you know, the visits from the American missionaries, the visits from the American groups of faith-based groups, you really allowed for that uh, change to occur. And so so um, that is where I learned first there was a God. I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. And, um, you know, um, of course, uh, incurred also, you know, liabilities that came along with that faith-based wow. decision. That's exactly um, right. There is a liability, but the payoff is beyond compare. Claudia uh, Kotka, I, we're really honored, Doctor, for you to have, have some time with us on the air. Summer and I are really honored to have you and have had an opportunity to interview you. Uh, God bless you in all you do. And uh, hopefully we'll connect again soon. Summer, we're coming up against a break here, but I wanted to let our listeners know that uh, the whole plan of uh, your your segment, your hour here, was to pe make people aware of what's going on in not only the political uh, arena, but what we can do to uh, circumvent that with our, in our through our faith. And uh, Summer Ingram, you're going to be staying with me for this uh, next segment, I trust. I know you're there. Absolutely. Yes, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay, so I'm going to have you uh, take the ball on the next segment here and do some interviews with our friends from Salt and Light Council. More invaluable voting information coming your way on Come Together San Diego. We'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And I'm back with co-host and Washington, D.C. correspondent, Summer Ingram. And Summer, you and I have spent the 
bulk of this hour talking not only about political things, but the dangers of socialism if we go the wrong direction. So I, I was pleased to have the last segment set aside for specifically what's going on in our area in San Diego, because you're, you're a San Diego girl, aren't you, in a way? I am. Always will be, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> no matter but, where I live. <laughs> yes, even doing all the things you're doing in Washington, D.C. But this is a friend that both both you and I have had for some time, but it's also a ministry and outreach that you're, everyone should be familiar with, especially if you embrace Judeo-Christian values. It's Salt and Light Council, and one of the uh, spokespeople for Salt and Light Council is a good friend of yours and mine, Gail Levin. And Gail, are you on the line? I'm right here. Oh, very good. And I know Summer and you have been friends for a long time. I'm going to engage Summer to have the conversation with you, and I'll just jump in to do color commentary. So, Summer, have your way with Gail. Well, again, I just wanted to... Hi, Gail. Thanks for being on. Always great to connect with you. Um, I just hope that people overall have have had a a good taste of, of... where we've been, where we're going, and why it's involved, why it's important that we get involved. You know, the American form of government protects individuals' God-given rights and gives power to the people to determine their leadership in the direction of the nation. And it's critical that people of faith use our influence to advocate for our values. And Gail, as you know, if we're not involved, we, we're leaving the space wide open for other political philosophies and worldviews to take root. And that's where we're at. We're in this, this uh, very critical time. But you all are working very hard to get people informed, not only around the elections, but to stay informed and engaged throughout the year. And if you could, just give a, an overview of what Salt and Light Council does, and also specifically how to potentially host a, a biblical voter's guide, and how to um, receive more information around that as well. Sure. Thank you so much, Summer. Um, basically, we, the Salt and Light Council, uh, we help churches to start civic serve ministries. We call them biblical citizenship ministries, and it activates the congregation uh, in media, government, and education. And so right now, of course, we're all about the election. And so we've actually been calling churches around the area to see, are you having a voter registration drive? Can we help you? We'll, we'll, we will come to your church and help you. And, you know, we've, we've been on the phone just trying to get people activated. And that's one of the things we're doing. Another thing we're doing is that we have an amazing uh, election page on our website that we invite everybody in our area to go to. And it's saltandlightcouncil.org slash forward slash elections. Just real easy. Salt, A-N-D, light council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L dot org slash elections. And go to the state voter guides, and we've got on there, we're, we're partners with iVoterGuide, Election Forum, FamilyVoterInfo.org, um, you know, just on and on. We have judges who, who to vote for in your area. It'll break it down for your zip code, for the judges' elections, for the congressional elections, for, for the state elections, etc. So please, you know, use that website. We have the best of the best on there. And there's also, this is very exciting, tomorrow, Craig Huey, who many, many people know from Election Forum, he's going to be at Foothills Church, which is one of the Salt and Light affiliates. He's having an Election Forum and voter registration drive at 6.30 tomorrow evening at Foothills Church in El Cajon. 
And it'll be in the youth auditorium, and there'll be plenty of signs to direct people, so please go on out there tomorrow at 6.30 to Foothills Church for Craig Huey's excellent, can't do any better than his election <laughs> form and voter registration drive. Further thoughts there, okay, Summer? Actually, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I just said further thoughts. I know you have a few more things that you wanted to ask, Gail. Oh, I was going to say, actually, no, Craig and his wife, they are an incredible couple, and I do hope people will have some time to to, to uh, listen in. But you, not only do you do things around the elections, but you also are trained to equip people within the churches to stay informed on the issues and then become a voice within the church. Is that correct? Well, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Basically, we we are all about the elections right now, but we love the church all year round, so that in between elections, we are educating and we train affiliate leaders in what is called, and it's not us, basically. It's We're raising up a person in a congregation or in an organization to be leading a ministry, just like any other ministry in the church. It's a mission to the culture. And if you don't have a biblical citizenship or some kind of civic serve ministry in your congregation, then you're not affecting the culture and it's affecting every other ministry in your congregation. Yes. And so, so we want people to be involved and, um, you know, and, and give us a call and let us find that person in your congregation so that we can love the church all year long. Have you ever heard of the term evangelics? I have not. No, no. Well, you haven't heard about it because we coined it <laughs> <laughs> and it's evangelism and apologetics. Oh, very and good. so what we are doing is we're saying to people, look, you cannot evangelize these days unless you know your faith, unless you can stand up for who our Jesus is, our God, the only God of creation. And that's apologetics. That's understanding the faith and knowing how to communicate it to others. And let me ask you a question. What is the good, and this is rhetorical because I will answer it, but what is the good <laughs> of having one person in the, in, in the congregation go to a great meeting and hear the truth, even tomorrow's election forum, and go home and not know what to do with that information as far as the other people around them? And that's where we come in. We will train one person in your church, your organization, your group, in how to reach everybody and equip them, educate them, activate them. Wow. And it's so important year-round to start to bone up on these issues because people don't know how to vote biblically. And again, on our website, we have actually a comparison chart of the party platforms. How do you like that? No, that's actually, you know what, I, I, I received my absentee ballot, and I, you know, you go, when you see all these questions that you have to make a check mark on here and there, you go, okay, now what, what's the Judeo-Christian attitude of these people that I'm voting for or the different measures and things like that. And my friends, I was really comforted to go to the saltandlightcouncil.org forward slash elections. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've they really stewarded a bunch of different uh, conservative and Judeo-Christian uh, organizations that have different insights on things like that. And you can peruse that. I spent so much time perusing that. And I was able to actually say, okay, well, this this person, this congressperson embraces the same values that I do, or this measure does, or this measure does not, I really encourage you to go to that. And, uh, you know, we're coming up to the end of this uh, segment and summer's time with me, but uh, give us the website again, because I, I'm not sure, is it Salt and Light with an ampersand, or is it Salt A-N-D, Light Council, Gail? A-A-N-D. Salt and Light Council, C-O-U-N. C-O-U-N. C-O-U-N-C-I-L. C-O-U-N-C-I-L. Dot org. Dot 
Ford. Okay, yeah. and then Ford slash elections to find that information out. out. There's Get, four different ways. Just go to saltlightcouncil.org, and you'll find four different ways to click into the elections page. Very good. Very, so simple. Gail Levin, good longtime friend and a person who just who not only speaks it but does it. So, Gail Levin, thanks for joining us. And Summer Ingram, the hour goes fast, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. I'd like to just mention, if I may, um, I hope people will go to secondvote.com. To, it's the number two, ndvote.com. This essentially is a conservative watchdog for corporate activism. And as we know, you know, we're, we're voting in the elections, but we actually vote every day as well through our pocketbooks, by um, through the various companies and, and uh, places that we, we shop. So this secondvote.com highlights the the uh, the various businesses and gives you an idea of what the types of money that you're um or the the agenda of some of these organizations because oftentimes these organizations are actually funding a very uh, liberal agenda so yes. secondvote.com is a, is a critical website to take a look at summer ingram our washington dc correspondent thank you for uh, spending the hour with us i know sometimes because you're so busy you'd rather just come in and just uh, take one uh, 10-minute segment or so to give an overview of what's going on, because things are happening left, right, up, and down in Washington, D.C., and I do mean literally left and right uh, in Washington, D.C., and so you can give some kind of wisdom about what's going on periodically. So as our Washington, D.C. correspondent, I'm tr- I trust that you would be willing to do that periodically. Of course, of course. <laughs> and thank you for being my co-host for this hour, Summer Ingram in Washington, D.C. God bless you, my friend. My listening friend, The next, you're going to enjoy the next hour uh, a man named Ron Jukel, one of the most, one of my favorite artists in San Diego County. When you've, you will have seen some of his work, but he also has some great insights. He was involved back in the early Jesus movement of the 60s and 70s, but he has so many good friends that have other insights. And you're going to be pleased with the insights of these people because it has everything to do with not only yesterday, but today and forever. My listening friend, we will be right back. Thank you, Summer, for joining me. And BizVid. It is the company that I work with when I'm not doing this stuff and do video productions as well. But to come together, San Diego, Kaz Taylor will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And that is our mandate here to tell the world about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, but also his people and what his people are doing in obedience to uh, John 17 about being one as he and the Father are one. That's his heart cry for us. And my guest host for this hour really not only believes it, but his life activates it as far as unity in the body of Christ. If you've been around San Diego for any length of time, you may have passed by some art renderings in different places close to the beach and things like that. Some of those may have been the artwork and vision of Ron Junkel. He is a longtime friend of mine, and he's one of those right-brainers who has a, a, a fair amount of left brain, but he doesn't like to admit it. Ron, <laughs> how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, Kaz. <laughs> I, I really enjoy uh, having the opportunity to come and talk a little bit about the body of Christ and maybe a little bit about art and how that ties in. Exactly. Well, you know, more and more uh, we're realizing that God has 
his people doing their creative things. And the more we realize that God has given us the freedom, there's no telling what kind of wonderful artwork we're going to experience. Yes, that's right. I've actually, that's been my tent making uh, ministry through my whole life, basically, is making art. And uh, one of the few that basically could live off of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's tricky. I know. But uh, I do large pieces of art, murals and things. Uh, We do a large number of the things at SeaWorld here in San Diego, the bigger pieces. Um, Like what, for example? uh, As you walk through the park, the walls that are filled with art, basically that's my company. So we have a commercial art uh, scenario. And then my fine art is uh, largely collage pieces, which also kind of ties into the body of crisis that I create large pieces of art made up of hundreds and sometimes thousands of different little parts and pieces. Mm -hmm. And um, so it kind of fits my personality to draw a series of little pieces together that create one image. And a a commissioned artist as well. I mean, are you available for commissioning as far as... Uh, yes, painting. yes. Yeah, I've got my art in the hands of a number of uh, notable people. Yes. Uh, it's highly collectible. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, something like I've got uh, a piece that's owned by the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays that is uh, a large baseball card, seven feet tall, five <laughs> feet wide, uh, of an old 1959 baseball card with, ba- with Babe Ruth on it. Yes. Uh, just kind of uh, for fun. Um, but it was it's made completely of original baseball cards and memorabilia. My, my, my. And then carved frame around the edge with bats and things like that. So, And then I got a commission off of that to do one for Sandy Koufax. Oh, is that right? My, yeah. my, my. You know, one of the things I have to laugh, because you're a prolific Facebook person. Every once in a while you share some of your artwork on, on Facebook, and the one in particular, you do some sidewalk, sidewalk art periodically, yeah. and yep. uh, there was one where you were, uh, was it a surfboard or a wind surfboard or something like that, uh, that they had had the, the whole ocean flavor to the actual rectangle. I don't know whether it was a rectangle or not, yeah. but you actually embedded a, a surfboard or a windboard. What, tell us a little bit about that kind of thing that you do here. Well, we do the performance art. I set up a, a, a festival in Carlsbad that went on for 13 years called Art Splash. It has been reconstituted th- this last year, as a matter of fact, where we tried to have art mostly for art's sake, where people would come and experience art itself as opposed to coming and just purchasing and walking along and looking, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, people's hands would get dirty. And so it was great. We did these large three-dimensional chalk pieces that you see. We also did other things like painting on the back of glass and painting yourself out of the picture. We created a <laughs> face out of 10,000 water bottles. Uh, I created a large image uh, uh, out of junk mail, thousands and thousands of pieces of junk mail, which in that one showed that you could create something beautiful out of <laughs> stuff that people throw away. <laughs> so I think that's a little bit what God does, is he collects um, things that people think are disposable, like including human the, lives. Yes, including themselves. Uh-huh. And he puts them together with others, and it creates a beautiful work of art. Yes, yes, yes. And to, to talk a little bit more about your, we've got a, two or three minutes in this segment, and then we've got the rest of the show for the, to the top of the next hour yeah. to talk. But tell a little bit about how faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has impacted you as an artist. It kind of is maybe, it is kind of like the thing that actually opens up, opens up your container and sets you free. Yes. There, there are so many similarities because of the way that I work. Um, I chose to have a studio that, um, basically is more like a guild where people can come in and learn and grow through the process. Um, 
I chose not to work alone in my studio, but help others find their way. And we've spawned a number of young artists out of our studio. I've set up these performance art uh, festivals. The, the Art Splash ultimately had 25,000 people coming to enjoy the art that so many people were doing. And you'd see a little child creating art for the first time and a professional creating a gigantic piece of art almost side by side. And that was really my heart. And that's really the heart of kind of where we might be going with our discussion in a little while concerning other things that I do in the Lord. Yes, because that, that's it. God wants to have people interact with one another. And, you know, the Scripture says if one can chase a 1,000, two can chase 10,000. But that also works in a, in a creative mode as well. If one person engages in something creative and you have the, the anointing of another person beside you, the end results are going to be totally different than either person's vision, but it will, can be. Uh, magnificent if you allow it to happen. It really, it depends on whether you see it as a relational thing. I'm still together with the, with our first employee. She's walked with me all these years, and the buddy that I put the, the studio together with ended up, uh, uh, we've been friends for years. He was one of my earliest disciples when I first began to preach the gospel. So it's been a wonderful art experience with many people coming to know the Lord and other people simply coming to know art in a yes. deeper way. Let's change the gears a little bit because you had a remarkable event happening uh, just a couple weeks ago, and it was called The Gathering 2018. And this has to do with your experience back in the the, the Jesus movement uh, of the 60s and 70s. You made a lot of friends back then, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> and you, was... <laughs> you invited them to uh, – it was called uh, the uh, Green Oak Ranch mm-hmm. in Vista – and hundreds of people showed up to this. I was privileged, as well as our producer, Neil Fraser, were, were privileged to go to this. And give us an overview of that vision in the next same two minutes we have in this segment. And then we're going to be bringing some other people on that were actually involved in that as well. Ron Jokel. Yes. Uh, well, when I was in my early 20s, I got swept into the Jesus movement, saved in 1966 on the street through a perfect stranger, uh, became in the Lord. Uh, became a young believer, and I just started reading. I didn't go to any special church. I just He just said, you go home, ask God, which I did. Uh, and he said, you let God tell you what to do. So I just started reading, and I kind of started with the New Testament, but then I got to the book of Acts, and I just started doing this stuff. I started inviting my friends out to some meadow, kind of because I pictured Jesus doing that. Uh-huh. And before you know it, they were getting saved, and so it grew. And I was right at the beginning of the Jesus movement, which was really cool. Uh, and I got swept right into it because I was there at such an early time. I became an instant leader, uh, which was kind of just by osmosis, um, and then got, uh, went, moved north into Northern California, and we did that whole side of the Jesus movement that was Christian ranches and, and uh, uh, Christian communes and things like that, which was really an amazing experience since I was more of a uh, you know, I lived in Palos Verdes, so I was a, a guy who was not in tune with that northern hippie thing. But I got right into it and kind of said, okay, if this is what's happened. And our little group of like 45, 50 people ended up within seven years or so going worldwide. My goodness. So it was a really a powerful experience on all of us. And those friendships have been maintained over the years through a variety of different uh, things. Initially, it was letters and interactions. And then it became the Internet and so forth. And then we've used all those relationships to begin to try and reestablish that particular generation and draw the gifts from that generation to apply to the generation that's here today, these younger ones. And Neil Fraser, one of our producers here, uh, joined you on on The Gathering 2018 as well. A very brief overview, because we'll have you stick around with us if you'd like to, Neil, and give insights as we go. But I know it was remarkable for me. How about you? 
Uh, yes. Uh, I think a lot of the power was what Ron said about it not being one person, but being uh, getting everybody involved. And that was one of the highlights, really, of the weekend was just seeing everybody get engaged from both giving and receiving and getting to know each other better and becoming a, a community in our own way. It, it was amazing. Ron, uh, we, we're going to have some of the people that attended this uh, gathering 2018 with us on the air for the remainder of the hour. And it, uh, my, it did my heart good to see that equity and unity one with another because and you know, I know that was part of your vision as well. Mm-hmm. And will you stay with us and talk a little bit more about that in the next segment? Be great. Well, Ron Junkel and uh, friends will be back in a moment to talk more about what God is doing, not only in the Jesus movement, movement people, but how this is impacting mm-hmm. today's generation and beyond. Don't go away. Come together, San Diego. Ron Junkel and Kaz will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're back and uh, glad to be back. My co-host, Ron Junkel, is an accomplished multimedia artist. So many surfaces that he communicates his message on. And actually, not only that, but he does a pretty good job with just words as well. Uh, he's a, a word painter as well. But some of the people at this event, we we're talking about an event, and my, my, one of my producers here, Neil Fraser, is with us here because he attended the event. But one of the things that I noticed, there were some word painters that were there at the event on Gather, Gathering 2018. And it was an opportunity, isn't that right, for a lot of different of you, the old the old guard to join together with kind of a, a new vision as well. Why don't you, Ron Junkle, introduce our guest uh, that uh, was there. He really impacted me in just sitting and visiting. Why don't you do the invitation here? Sweet. Uh, Jim Durkin, Jr. Uh, was at the Lighthouse Ranch with all of us back in the early 70s, and uh, we have stayed in contact and been connected over the years in prior gatherings. And he and I worked together on putting this one uh, up so that uh, we could have a variety of leaders, uh, a variety of people speaking into what they wanted to see. So welcome, Jim, and and thanks for joining us. Thank you. When we had an opportunity to meet with one another, I'd never met you before, but one of the things that struck me is you really had a heart for unity in the body of Christ. And when I, I, I saw your interaction with people, uh, Ron was saying, in, during the break, he was saying, people were, you know, these hundreds of people were sitting beside one another, and you really didn't know who you were sitting beside. It could have been a person who was a pastor of, of a church or a mega church, or it could be a person who just got saved last week. Isn't that right, Ron? Yes, it was amazing. One of the young guys spoke up. As a matter of fact about that, he said he is in one of the top three largest churches in the United States. And it was like, wow. And he's here at this little gathering in Vista, you know, because he believed that something connected these generations. And he had, he'd searched us out and had us go back to Cincinnati where that fellowship is because he felt there was a connection between these generations. What do you have to say about that, Jim Durkin? I uh, uh, totally agree with Ron. I, I... I believe that uh, the connections that the Lord's making right now is uh, greater than we've ever seen before. It seemed like in the past, everyone was kind of into establishing their own name, their own identity, their own ministry. And now it seems like uh, we've kind of come through that uh, 
perhaps through some of the breakings and the trials that we've gone through. But now it's just, um, at least at this retreat, it seemed like the whole thing was about the Lord mm-hmm. and the connections that he wanted to make. Yes. It was a totally beautiful thing. Yes, indeed. And, you know, in and of yourself, you have a lot of bragging rights, but you didn't even, you know, you didn't, you didn't even mention those during this gathering time. Aren't you up in, uh, you're north of uh, Washington, D.C., I mean, up in Eureka, California, that's right. So you're north of us, but uh, you do a lot of teaching and a lot of ministry-related things. And I guess you could say, my listening friend, couldn't you say that Jim has a voice for radio? (laughs) Yes, he does, (laughs) doesn't he? (laughs) But one of the wonderful things I saw about this, not only you, Jim, but uh, other people, that there was a level of humility and deferring one to another that I saw there. You want to speak a little bit about that? And then I'm going to let Ron and you have a conversation, and Neil Fraser, who was there, and I just kind of sit back and give color commentary. So go ahead, Jim, about the humility and that kind of thing that you saw, and I'll let Ron jump on in. Well, I, th- uh, I have to say, I think it comes from my travels um, in the uh, 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, so many wounded and broken people from um, an overexertion or, or exercise of uh, spiritual authority that... Um, it really broke my heart. It really brought me to a place of saying that it it can't be about that. It has to be about people. Yes. And uh, simply studying the scriptures, uh, the Lord said, don't exercise that type of authority. Instead, learn how to be a servant. And I even took the concept of servant leadership and dismantled that and came to the conclusion that I just want to be a servant. I don't even need to be a servant leader. Yeah, it's so hard, Jim. You know, unless we understand that God created this vehicle called the body of Christ, and at the bottom line of that vehicle, he even says the least comely parts, he bestows greater honor on those. And you stop and say, exactly. what, what an odd way to look at this thing. I mean, God's point of view, but, you know, just like both of us, Jim, I mean, over the years, we've realized that in almost every case, the way we put things together and the way we make things happen is almost always in complete contradiction to exactly <laughs> where God would be going. So when you finally learn that and release that, you know, it gets easier, like you're saying. You finally get a little humility. And, and I think this, this event, this uh, gathering 2018, was uh, an illustration of this from the very beginning throughout the several days that it was together of uh, that level of one of the things that I was amazed with Jim and Ron and Neil was how, how you were willing to have such an open microphone environment because everybody had something to say. And a lot of the people you know, aren't used to having the freedom to be able to say that. And you were because well, we, there was camping out there. So, I mean, there were. The clock wasn't as important, so you kind of open up the microphone. The musicians were doing worship things, and when somebody had wanted to declare something or proclaim something, you had such an open heart on this. All of the leaders of this thing was remarkable, and I think that that was one of the things that really drew people together more than anything else. Ron, any thoughts on that? Yeah. And Jim and Neil? Yeah, Jim, why don't you speak to that? Well, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a different route, but I'm going to come to the same thing. Scripture says wisdom cries aloud on every street corner. She lifts up her voice. And and I've I've come to the place where I just I believe that the perspectives that each individual has, uh, they're hearing wisdom on their street corner, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if we don't 
open up the microphone to let people speak what God has put on their heart. Um, the only thing we do is we hear our wisdom. And our wisdom, I've heard it now for 50 years. Yes. <laughs> I need some, I need an expansion. So yes. I, that's, we have to have that open mic um, mentality. But, is it, but it's so hard to do as leaders because I've heard people, I remember when we were going to have some home fellowships even back in the day, to have a mm-hmm. home fellowship was cutting edge. If you can imagine that. But so many pastors and leaders said that would be impossible to have if it wasn't just repeating what was said on Sunday, because you would have chaos if there wasn't really some kind of full directed meeting, if it was people being able to share what's really on their hearts. And and you realize that our fears of what might happen are almost always never uh, even reached by what does happen. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they're so sometimes we set the whole standard on what we're afraid yes. about, and we find that that never even happened. Yes. Yeah, and one of the things I think, Jim, as I observed it there, because everybody had a kind of a heart to see where God takes this thing, Holy Spirit has, has his way. And the back end of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, let all things be done decently in order. And we, in the church mentality, we go, okay, we got the decency in order, and whatever we... We'll do decency or an order first, and we'll only allow those things to be done that we feel is appropriate. But the scripture says, first, letting all things be done. And one of the things that I really enjoyed is watching this in that environment. Uh, Ron and the other people who had, you know, the control of the microphone said, let her go. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was not, it was not reckless at all. No, it was, it's very difficult to do that. But I think the people, because if you trust God, and that was what was important, we saw something about these generations needing to come together. And maybe, Jim, you want to speak to that. We saw something about our past needing to be passed on. Jim, what do you got on that? Well, certainly that's true. But um, the conversation has to sound much more like uh, the dinner conversation around the large family's table. Yeah. Um, each person is allowed to be who they are in whatever stage of maturity and growth and age that they are. So we have a generation that's coming on that is dealing with issues that we never dealt with in the 70s and 80s. There's no way we can, with our um, understanding and perspective, tell them how they have to respond. The only thing we can do is tell them how to hear from the Lord and then we can sit back and learn from them. And that's the only way that it's going to work is if it's an ongoing relational conversation. Yeah. And trying to be able to just say, and this was kind of at the heart of our initial meetings uh, where we were talking about setting this up, was all we want to do is create an environment that the Holy Spirit would feel comfortable in being there. Yes, And then he could do the rest, whatever that is. And then we have to trust that it's not going to get out of control. We would just allow for those different kind of gifts that are there to help kind of bring it back around, kind of like a person would with a boat, kind of just, hey, there might be a lot of people in the boat doing a lot of different little jobs, but then the spirit is steering the thing. And it might look a little momentarily out of control when the wind blows a little hard. But hey, you just have to trust that you can kind of bring it back in. Otherwise, we keep having that same thing over and over, that predictable That's right. service. Leaders we and can, followers. Oh, literally, you can That's look right. at your watch and tell exactly <laughs> what's going to happen every time, exactly. year after year. And as a creative artist, imagine how that makes me feel. Yeah, but I've got to look at a watch right now because the the uh, the 
commercial break is coming up, but I'll tell you, we're going to change the rules a little bit. Uh, would you stay with us, Jim uh, Durkin, for the next segment? Because we're going to have a guy sure. whom you know, uh, Matt Whalen, with us on this segment as well. And uh, with the Golden family, there were some amazing things that happened there. And it really struck me and I think everybody that uh, I've talked with as well. So, uh, Jim, would you have your wisdom stay with us for the next segment as well as we also bring on someone else? Uh, The the younger generation. I know Ron was really looking forward to this as well. So uh, we'll do that. We'll do that and we'll see where Holy Spirit takes it. My listening friend, I hope you're appreciating how God is weaving the different generations together with like heartedness. And that's where we're going. And we'll be right back to talk about it in just a moment. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back with Ron Junkel and me. Uh, I, I call him artist extraordinaire, but he, does, he doesn't, you know, he, he likes to go. He says, where, where are the lines drawn? I'll go outside of them. That's just who he is, and that's what makes him so remarkable. That's why I like you, Ron, one of the many reasons. <laughs> I love what God is doing right now in this show because uh, we talk about uh, kind of giving freedom of the microphone, and that's what we want to do. We asked uh, uh, Jim... Durkin of uh, Eureka, right, Jim? Yes. To stay with us because he's a voice of wisdom and has obviously a radio teacher's voice as well. But uh, we're talking about what God is doing in in these days, and I think we really saw a microchasm of that in the gathering 2018. But it's not only the old guys of Jesus, the Jesus movement of the 60s and 70s. Ron, you wisely blended some young people in with this, and we got to see a whole dimension of things. Why don't you talk just a little bit about that, and then I'm, I'm going to have you and uh, Jim and Matt Whalen enter into a conversation, and Neil Fraser and I will jump on in. The design of the gatherings uh, over many years has been to kind of slowly but surely uh, enjoy what we had in the 60s and 70s, and the last time there was a really powerful move of God in this country that was on the cover of Time magazine, mm-hmm. things like that, um, and how we might be able to enjoy that without constantly just looking back. And so we have interjected more and more of my friends, in most cases, from our region, into the mix, just because down here a lot of the old uh, Jesus people kind of landed, and they, you know, they were just encouraged to bring friends. And over time we've had the mix be go from 10% uh, people just from outside of the old days and to 20 and this time it was around 50% and i think it reached its its you know breaking point of where it was just perfect where you can really say okay now this is more representative of the body of christ what we have is important piece to the puzzle but what the others have that are from our region or were outside of that movement are much younger now they are at a place in which we've created an environment where they can fully participate yes and uh, Jim Durkin was uh, with us from Eureka, but he spent the whole time there at the gathering 
2018 as well. Uh, Jim, I, I'm going to use you to set the stage for introducing Matt Whalen because as speaking of different generations and different perspectives blending together, one of the most commanding times that I remember was that, I, I don't remember, was a Saturday morning or one of those times where, uh, Ron, you had the younger generation but also families going up uh, and leading worship. Was it the Goldens? Yes, yes. And, and one Matt, of the, Matt Mary Whalen and they, their, their parents, uh, the Goldens, or uh, Travis and his wife, and they were just, uh, it's just beautiful to see their family and the whole dynamic there. And Jim, do you, do you, I'm sure you remember, because Neil and I talk about it often, Neil Fraser, my co-producer, my producer, and, and I talk about this often. There was an instant, I think, when the Goldens and uh, uh, Jim Durkin and his family, who are all related with one another, were doing musical things on the stage, yeah. and something happened, uh, and... Matt, are you with us, Matt Whalen? Yes, I'm here. Very good. Well, I'm yeah, going to have Jim kind of relay what I think he'll remember the same thing that I remember. The microphone was opened up, and I believe it was your son, was it not, uh, Matt, uh, who took the microphone, and was it your daughter who was playing the guitar? <laughs> your yes, daughter? It, yeah, it, it was my son, um, Bobby, and my daughter, Liberty, um, at, at nine years old. <laughs> and I want Jim to kind of, his recollection of this, and I'm going to have him hand the baton over to you to kind of give color commentary on what happened. It was the most remarkable thing I can I can think of over many years of spending time with believers and having the young involved in it as well. So Jim, what's your recollection of that morning when they were leading worship and uh, how Matt handed the microphone to his son? And then I'm going to have you kind of give your perspective and then then let have Matt tell us what really happened. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Well, sitting in uh, uh, the audience, um, my wife and I were both, we were actually focusing on one of the young boys that was uh, playing, uh, he was playing uh, the djembe the or, or one of the drums or something. I can't remember now. It, kind of watching it, it was a code. And they were they were going back and forth, and and all of a sudden, I, I became aware of the fact that, wait a minute, the voice that's leading our worship right now uh, sounds like a very young female voice. And I looked up, and there was a a young girl, and I've shared this with a lot of people since, young girl leading us in worship, and. I have to say, from my own heart, uh, I've, I've been about worship now most of my adult life, and um, there was a richness in worship. It wasn't just a young girl singing a song. Mm-hmm. She was honestly leading us in worship. And um, I just immediately, the mind, what came to mind is, let the little children come to me. Yeah. Wow. And so many times we push them away in their own programs or whatever. When I saw that family, multi-generation down to the youngest, all engaged in giving the honor that's due to the Lord, um, it broke my heart. Yes. And I think you are not alone. Matt Whalen, uh, let, me, let me compliment you on child-rearing. Yeah. How, how remarkable. <laughs> your daughter and your young son, you, you had your young son come and take the microphone and proclaim things and speak from his heart. Tell a little bit about yep. from that from yep. your experience. You weren't really sure what he was going to say, probably, but wasn't it amazing? Matt Whalen. 
Yes. No, thank you. And, and first, um, we'd just like to thank Ron and Jim and yourself, Kaz, for um, it just continuing to persevere and to serve the Lord all these years and in your hearts to cry out for a, for a fresh move that would uh, revolve around and center around the heart of Christ in, in a way that um, would be able to be poured back out onto a younger generation. Mm-hmm. One that, you know, wouldn't have to have the superstardom of ministers, but rather would proclaim the superstar Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I just, I want to honor and, and thank you um, for walking this out. And I know it hasn't always been an easy walk, but it has touched the hearts of many. It's touched the hearts of me and, and I'm, I'm greatly humbled and, and thankful for it. Um, Give us with, the scenario, Matt, of your, your son. Yeah. How old is your son? So uh, this, the, the, there was two sons up there. One was who Jim was, was speaking of, and that was uh, Elijah. And he is um, going to be 12 years old. And he was on the drum. He was on that uh, cajon drum. Yes. And uh, he just came out of the womb playing that thing. So we knew some, <laughs> we knew some, he used to take those little uh, tinker toy uh, uh and pour the toys out and flip it over and start drumming on it. <laughs> and and um, who? How, what was the name of the one that took the microphone and proclaimed? Yeah, and so that that's Bobby, and he's nine years old. And we have noticed, especially over the past um, year, especially, just God pouring out his goodness on this little guy. Um, and, you know, the, the scriptures, they talk about to train up a child, um, but there was one that really gripped me in Deuteronomy, where it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And it goes into this, you know, the greatest commandment, which we know Jesus um, uh, quotes. But right after that, and in its context, it says, Teach these things again, again, again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you're going to bed. And when you're getting up and it always struck me that the Lord always had a heart to pour it into the next generation. And as we look in the scripture, it's always one generation shall praise your works to, to the next. And so we started these little guys probably at the age of one years old, just pouring the word into them, getting them into worship times and getting them into prayer times. And so when Bobby took the mic there was a depth already present within him. And it was, it was, he, he just began to pray. And I think what he, what he had said was, you know, just something very simple. Thank you for this day. But then he said, God, would you bring revival again? And he just started weeping. He just started weeping. It was the spirit, the spirit of God came on him. And I believe it was the father, God's heart being poured through this little boy's heart. And it was, I think it, it, it was uh, like a melting kind of anointing came across the crowd at that point. No necessity it for, for uh, entertainment or, hey, look at the young kid who could play, you know, who could do this right. or do that. There, there was no sense of performance. Right. It was simply right. that he had the feeling that even though there was a couple hundred people sitting there looking at him, that he didn't know probably 90% of them. Yes. 
there was a comfort in feeling that he was with family that you could see projected yes. up to him, which was sweet. You know, the one, the one thing that uh, impacted me was not even in his words, but when he could not speak anymore. Yeah. And, you know, generally somebody that's running the microphone goes, oh, dead space. We can't allow dead space in this thing because we have to have the, the agenda keep moving forward. But everybody allowed that freedom of, you know, it was kind of like a Selah moment mm-hmm. where little nine-year-old Bobby said, and he, he couldn't speak anymore because the Lord had just consumed him with compassion for people and the silence of him sobbing before the Lord. And I'll tell you what, something broke in that group of a couple hundred or more people that were, a lot of us were old, old timers, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the freedom of these young people, but not only the next generation, but that following generation after. That was, to me, the pivotal time. How about you, Ron? And it carried into the Durkin family, because they had these generations in their family that ended up being this sense that everybody seemed to know, everybody seemed to be a family member to to them. What was your experience with that, Jim? Um, Well, at the moment, and right now, just remembering that moment, um, I can't talk. <laughs> well, while you can't talk, we're going to use this commercial break for you to collect yourself. And um, you know uh, Matt Whalen, would you stay with us for this last segment as well? And we'll have the people who are in the studio as well. Um, Ron Junkel and uh, Neil Fraser, my producer, who was there as well. I'm going to have them stay with us for this last segment. And we're going to see what Holy Spirit does, because I think it's going to be a tearjerker in very many different ways. My listening friend, stay with us, because we will be Amen. right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we're back. Uh, Ron Junkel, artist extraordinaire, San Diego County and beyond, uh, was kind of the brainchild for this uh, gathering 2018 that just happened at uh, the Green Oak Ranch in, in Vista. But we have uh, Jim Durkin on the line. He was one of the uh, attendees and participants, as was Matt Whelan and the Golden family and Neil Fraser, uh, my producer, was there uh, as well. But you were making a comment that the event that we were talking about the, that morning with the nine-year-old uh, Bobby almost didn't happen. And then as you do that, let, uh, now we've given Jim Durkin uh, four minutes to collect himself and give his insights. <laughs> Good luck, Jim. Uh, yeah, it, these moments, I think, have to be uh, allowed for by those who are uh, who are giving guidance and leadership. I think it's important for us to recognize that at that moment, we saw that there was kind of an energy that could have gone in a more traditional, uh, established way. And it took leadership to give uh, direction and people to follow that direction to change from what would have been completely comfortable and normal for everybody probably sitting there uh, something that was much more recognizable and understandable. Like a band, yeah. music that is yep. familiar. Yeah, the band, the worship, the thing. Then a child coming out and praying for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a little guitar yeah. and a little, uh, you know. Jim Bay or whatever. Yes, yeah. a little drum, you know, and you're thinking, you know, I could tell people were going, what is this? You know, <laughs> But we have to allow ourselves, Kaz, to be released to the new way of doing things, which means it's wondrous. There's interesting things all the time. It's more of an adventure than it is something that's utterly predictable. And this certainly wasn't utterly yeah. predictable, but it had uh, consequences. And Jim, why don't you give us your rundown on yes, what that Jim. was? 
Um, I was just thinking uh, during the, the commercial break, the scripture that uh, part of the scripture says, and a little child will lead them. And I, I, I was thinking back, uh, my very first assignment in the Lord was uh, uh, one of the communal ministries at a place called Carlotta, California. And driving out there, I was telling my wife, I really believe the Lord's giving me a life message uh, about the family of God. And she just very simply said, the family of God is made up of families. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. Yep. And and I think uh, at, at this gathering, we saw a full demonstration. I believe there was three, possibly four generations of a family that you can see the anointing from the grandfather right on down to the very youngest. And that anointing uh, just was magnified through the generations. It did not decrease. Yes. And I, I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. You need to remember the family of God is not an arbitrary thing that we're going to preach into existence. Yeah. Yep. It's something that comes into existence when we bring our families before God. Yes, Matt Whalen. Amen. Why don't you weigh in on this? We've got about four four minutes or so in this in final segment, but I, you, your insights are helpful because you know those of us who are in the studio are the older generation. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Matt, seeing not only your generation, but how you are raising up your, the generation underneath you, it's remarkable to me. I, when I saw this happening, I go, well, now this is the kingdom age. This is the church mentality is giving way to God's bigger plan for the unity in the body of Christ. It's a unity of families. Mm-hmm. So give us your, your take on all this, Matt, and uh, we'll see how God wants to close this. Yeah. A- amen. You know, I was remembering back to the, the Psalm 133, a familiar passage where, you know, the oil's poured out on Aaron's head and it runs down to his beard. You, you know, that's the picture we all get when we think about unity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, but, but yet there's something special in this in that, you know, the, the, the priest wore the breastplate that had the 12 stones on it. And that, that was very close to that priest's heart. And I believe this is like a picture of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wears this very close to his heart, all the different families. And there's an anointing. There's an anointing to unify. Yeah. And, and, and it's present for us if, if we you know, just come under our Lord and say, God, would you pour this back out onto us? Because there's something so sweet that happens. There's a sweet presence of, of the Spirit that begins to connect hearts and begins to connect people. And it really connects families. Mm. And they're able to now carry this. And, and there's a beautiful picture of it because, I mean, there is a hungry generation out there right now. It's a fatherless generation. It's a motherless generation, too. And it's, it's a generation that is crying out. And, and and we have both the bread, the sustenance, you know, which is we can pour back in that character of Christ. And we also have the water, which is that power and that, that flow of the spirit. And to be able to pour that out onto this generation that's calling out and doesn't have an identity and is in such need of mothers and fathers yeah. that even the natural families now can carry this to those who are fatherless, 
the motherless, and there's the turning of the hearts, right? I mean, I think that's what we're all seeing happening right now. Especially if we understand that it's Christ's desire. In his prayer in John 17, the moment we get to hear him speaking to his Father, this is the issue he speaks about, that he wants us to become one. And oftentimes, Kaz, unfortunately, we spend most of our time not doing that, and not even putting a pittance of our time or efforts into it. Yes. Well, we're running out of time, but I want to thank Jim Durkin from uh, Eureka, uh, spending some time with us and giving your sage wisdom, as well as uh, Ron Junkel and uh, my producer here in the studio, Neil Fraser. We were all there, and we were captivated, weren't we, Neil? Yes, we were. Well, and and I'll tell you something else, Matt. Uh, I think when I have anxiety about what's going on in the next generation, when I see you, your family, tied in with the, all the golden people and your children, I go, there's hope for the future. So thank you for joining us on this segment, my friend. And Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for bringing the family, uh, taking the solitary and putting them, us, into families. Great things to happen. Uh, A quick website uh, from you, Ron. If you find yourself interested in this kind of a thing, you can contact me personally at studio2 at roadrunner.com. Studio2. That's that's the number two. Studio2 at roadrunner.com. And just... uh, preface it as Ron about the gatherings. Very good. My listening friend, I hope this tweaked your heart a little bit because God's doing major things in his body, but it's not going to be the standard operating procedure. No. And it's not going to be this performance and that performance. It's going to be the, the families of God expressing themselves in unique ways. And all of a sudden the body of Christ gets to be the body of Christ Amen. and the Lord is pleased. My listening friend, a pleasure communicating with you on this two hour show of come together, San Diego more next week. And Ron, thanks for joining me Thank as co-host you, yes. on the show. Great My listening fun. friend, God bless you. And we'll see you soon. Amen. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.